New jingle, new voices. Welcome to this special guest season of Retrain Your Brain with me, chartered psychologist Dr. Audrey Tang. In this season, I am privileged to speak to so many well-being guest experts to learn all about their field and to give you loads of practical tips and tools to live your best life. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about the little things we can do for ourselves to live a healthier lifestyle. And I'm delighted to welcome a returning guest expert, Dr. Helen McCarthy, author of best-selling book, Retrain Your Appetite, and also known as The Appetite Doctor. Welcome back to the lounge, Helen. Hi, thanks, Audrey. Lovely to be here again. It's great to have you here. And I wanted to pick your brains about cravings, because when it comes to making little changes to our eating habits, we can change the food we've got in our fridge, we can change the snacks we eat and so on, but it doesn't necessarily stop us craving for certain things. So how do we manage that? Good question. It's something that troubles a lot of people. I think that cravings are one of the most tricky things that people find when they embark on, particularly I think when they're trying conventional weight loss diets that that require them or encourage them to give up some of their most favorite foods. After a while, the desire for them really strengthens and surfaces. So people find themselves reaching for those things, going out at night to buy them, you know, whatever. That's eating away at you mentally to go and get the thing. Research suggests that for most of us, it's better not to try and cut those things out of our diets altogether, out of what we eat altogether, Mm. but to be more deliberately planning how to include a moderate amount of those things. So it's just that when you cut them out altogether, it's more likely that you'll sort of cave in and then go down the what the hell route and and think, well, I've done it now. So I'll eat the lot and then I'll eat the lot again tomorrow. One thing is just to work out how to have small amounts of the, the things that you really enjoy And maybe not in a guilty, hiding away, trying to eat it quickly so it doesn't really count sort of way. So much, much more to do with enjoying it, celebrating it, making it something that you can look forward to. I love that because something that I notice and I see it's because conventional diets are saying to me, oh, you must not have this particular food. So I cut it out, like you say, and then I want it. But then I think, no, I can't have it. So I'm going to have something else instead. That doesn't satisfy me. So I have that other thing. And then I think, okay, I will have another healthy thing. So now I've eaten two extra things. I still want that other thing. And in the end, I have it. And actually, if I'd had it in the first place, I could have just had a little bit of that, not eaten the two extra snacks, even though they were healthy. Yes. And I'd have been happier. Yeah, you probably would. I think you're absolutely right. And I actually have worked with a lot of people who found exactly what you're describing that if they allow themselves to have the real thing they wanted in the first place they don't do all that extra so-called healthy eating but I wonder whether it's really all that healthy when you're eating you're consuming things that you don't want because you do want something else and you're trying not to have that something else. I, I think mistakenly we think we're craving it 
because we're hungry mm -hmm. and actually we may be craving it because it has that particular taste or that particular yes. feeling we associate with it. That's right. That's right. And actually, um, you could say if you are hungry at that point, if, if you if you really are um, hungry for food, anything will probably satisfy the physical hunger. If you've got a craving for a particular food, exactly as you've just said, those other things don't cut it. It could be that what you really want is, I don't know, a Snickers bar, let's yeah. say. And if that's what you really want, it one possibility, this is what a lot of people I've worked with have found helpful, is that um, what they don't find helpful is to eat the whole Snickers bar because then that messes around with their day but if they cut it in half and put the other half in the freezer so it's not too tempting then they're able to enjoy a smaller amount now the other thing i wanted to ask you about is falling off the wagon because this is a very common thing yes. i know a lot of our listeners have this we're doing really well yes. and then we have a stressful day and we can't prepare the meal and we can't do whatever or we have no choice we're a client lunch yes. and we just have to eat it yes and then we think oh well I've ruined that now so yeah. I may as well just eat whatever so I wanted to ask a little bit about self-sabotage and why that why that happens it's something I think that people find baffling when they find themselves doing um what they didn't intend to do and they feel that they're lacking willpower they feel that that somehow coming up short compared with what they intended to do or with what they should do and it particularly seems to baffle well understandably it particularly baffles people who have shed loads of self-control in other areas of their lives yes Yes, there's research that suggests a helpful way of seeing will, uh, willpower is its form of energy because it seems to be depleted over the course of a day and it seems to be depleted particularly by making decisions and resisting impulses. So, you know, the more of that hard work you're doing during the day, whatever it is, whether it's raising children, whether it's um, working, whatever it is, is using up the thing that you might want to be able to draw in the evening you haven't got it you've, you've run out yes but sleep replenishes it so you're okay the next morning and what makes it worse I think is when people assume or come to think that the willpower deficit as they see it mm. is, is a character flaw so they think it's them whereas it's not them it's it's the it, it's the energy that's depleted over the course of the day. So when, when you start thinking more like that, mm. then it becomes more possible to think, well, consider whether there are things that are depleting your energy that you might be able to do something about. Very often you can't mm. because of you know what demands there are on you. But if, if you know you've only got a very small amount of this, this sort of energy left at the end of the day, then it's helpful to plan exactly what you'll do under certain conditions of being tempted to do something you don't want to do. Yes. Yes. I like that because I, I can see how that works for me because I focus a lot and I'm very disciplined because I have a lot of deadlines to meet and I can do that. And then I get to a point where I just think, oh, I'm a little bit hungry now. I want a snack or whatever. Yes. One thing that I find does satisfy me is instead of reaching for a packet of crisps, the texture of cereal 
mm. actually works just as well. And mm. that is just slightly lower in calories, but it gives me that same kind of, I can pick at it with my hands. Yes. It gives me that same sensation. Yes. And I notice it's not salt I'm craving. It's just mm. almost something it's to crunch thing. on. Yes. Yes. That's interesting. So that's an, that's a specific thing again, isn't it? The texture mm. specific thing that you're reaching for. And, and it's at that time of day. I don't think I've seen anyone over all the years who's ever had a craving that occurs at breakfast time. I love the thought that when we think about self-sabotage, we almost punish ourselves with it. Yeah. It's a horrible word as well. It's self-sabotage. It yes. sounds quite nasty. I agree. And, and actually, you're right to reframe it, to think, actually, I have a finite amount of energy or willpower available to me. Mm. I maybe need to consider which things, including my health or my weight, are going to be the priority yes. and maybe shift that around a yes. little bit. And yes. that's a very helpful way of seeing it, actually. Yeah. It's not telling me to drop anything. It's just telling me to perhaps reprioritize. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, I think that's that's helpful. There's a very good book, actually, called Willpower, produced by Penguin on this very topic. It it summarizes all the research on it. And now you're running courses. You are you've got loads of helpful tools on your website. Where can we get in touch with you? Well, the website is www.theappetitedoctor.co.uk. There are details of my training workshops for professionals. I run uh, regularly run workshops on the psychology of eating and appetite for professionals of all backgrounds. So they're not just psychologists, but therapists, dietitians, nutritionists, doctors, nurses, um, health coaches, uh, personal trainers, anybody, you know, like anybody whose work um, involves sometimes or a lot of the time helping people to change how they eat because so much of this stuff is about psychology and there's there's a there's a lot of helpful information out there about nutrition but i think that as psychologists we've fallen behind a bit on helping people to play to their psychological strengths and work around things that are tricky psychologically so that's that's what i've become really interested in so those training workshops are for professionals and the book that i wrote the self help book i wrote is how to retrain your appetites which just guides you through talks people through how to how to relearn to eat in tune with their appetite and it talks about the there's a whole chapter on the different uh, forms of self-sabotage I think it's so valuable when people are, are really wanting to change how they eat to understand that what may be getting in their way is stuff that isn't about isn't about the food entirely Mm, and isn't about a character flaw it is just no, simply absolutely not how the body reacts and responds yes. yes and we all that's true and also because of differences between individuals which which there are on any dimension at all aren't there? It's, individual differences are huge mm. and therefore we are not all on a level, level playing field when it comes to any of these things so I think it's likely that the cravings that people experience vary in intensity well I mean it's 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 pretty obvious to say that but I think that um that meet what the, one of the things that means is that for somebody whose cravings are experienced as quite intense mm. they've got a much more challenging situation when it comes to dealing with cravings than somebody who might have a mild interest 
you know, maybe a a keen but mild interest in a Snickers bar is different from somebody who finds it hard to stop thinking about. Goodness, I could, I honestly, I really could talk to you all day. So please come back on the show and we shall talk some more. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much, Dr. Helen. It's always such a pleasure. Pleasure. Lovely to see you. You too. And that's all we have time for. But if you'd like to find out more, do go to my website, which is www.draudreyt.com and check out my articles, which give you practical tools to live your best life. Or you can go to my YouTube channel, which is Dr. Audrey Tang, Tools to Thrive.